message in our series called The Table, which is what will be uh, sort of our theme for the year, as well as our theme for this series for the month of January and then the first Sunday of February. So if you think about it, inside your home, the most basic piece of furniture is also one of the most important. The table uh, is absolutely universal. In all times, in all places, people gather at the table. Primitively, uh, thousands of years ago, and even now sometimes uh, in our modern times, signified by this tent, people gather at a campfire. And around that campfire, a meal is shared, and that really, in a sense, is a table. And then in Jesus' times, we think of a table that might look something like this. And uh, particularly in the eastern part of the world, a table with bread and grapes and juice, maybe fish. Tables have been gathered around since as long as humans have built furniture. And even before they did, at campfires. And uh, we had a missions team that just went to Indonesia last year. And that team spent most of its meals sitting on carpet on the floor which was a table, which is a gathering place for people to come and to share and to eat. You might think about a table in our times in, you know, Starbucks, a coffee house. In practically every living room, if not all, in every dining room or kitchen, there is a table that probably looks something like this and is really one of the most, if not the most important pieces of furniture in your entire home. The table connects the family and it makes strangers friends. The table connects us with people all over the world. Think about what you ate for breakfast this morning. Probably someone in another state or maybe even another country farmed it or produced it or provided it and that single act connects you and I with people all over the world. Kings and queens, princes and presidents and leaders all meet at the table. We see an interesting phenomenon in our culture today though. It seems like the table is disappearing. We're increasingly living in a graceless culture. But the table's important because it's where we do relationships. Now I want to show you for a, a couple minutes where we see the table in uh, scripture. At the very beginning of time when human history opens, God provides this garden for Adam and Eve and he shares with them a tree. The first table was a tree. There was the tree of the fruit of, uh, of good, of life. The tree of life and then of good and evil. There was a good tree and a bad tree. There was a good meal and a bad meal. There was a meal that you should eat and a meal that you shouldn't eat. At the beginning of time, human history starts with a table. Human history will also end with a table. Isaiah tells us about it. It's a reunion in heaven where Jesus who is uh, called the groom, is reunited with the bride, his church. And as we enter heaven, we're going to gather around a table for a wedding feast, a wedding party. So at the beginning of human history and the end of human history, we start and we end at a table. In the Old Testament, King David writes in Psalm 23 that God prepared a table for him in the presence of his enemies. And the children of Israel walked through the wilderness. The Bible says that God provided supernaturally a table, a meal for them. Manna would fall from the sky and they would come out every morning and collect it. 
In the New Testament, we see that Jesus shared the table with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus was anointed at the table at a Pharisee's house. Jesus shares the table with Mary and Martha and Pharisees and Zacchaeus. And after his resurrection, Jesus shares the table with the two men who were on their way to Emmaus and then with his disciples. Now, if you know scripture, you probably can finish this sentence. The Son of Man, which is the Bible's way, one of the descriptions the Bible uses for Jesus. The Son of Man. Jesus actually used it for himself. The Son of Man came, came, came doing what? The Son of Man came, why? Why did the Son of Man come? Luke 19.10, the Bible says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus came seeking and saving. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. So the Son of Man came seeking and saving. The Son of Man also came serving and giving. You might have heard those before, but I wonder if you know what the Bible says about the reason Jesus came or how he came in Luke 7.34. It says the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Now that doesn't compute with what I think about how the Son of Man, how Jesus came. Jesus came eating and drinking. So Jesus came seeking and saving. He came serving and giving his life away. He, but eating and drinking was his method. He served at the table. He gave at the table. He saved at the table. So you wonder, Jesus is God, and he decided he's going to come to earth. He's going to live with us. He's going to live a sinless life. He's going to die. How will he arrive? How will he live? What will be his habit? What will be his routine? What will be his method for life? Is he going to come with an army of angels? Is he going to come on the clouds of heaven? Is he going to come in a blaze of glory? No. How's he going to come? Eating and drinking. Fascinating. The table was Jesus' way of serving and sharing and giving and saving. Jesus did evangelism and discipleship at the table with maybe some fish and a loaf of bread. A lot of Jesus' parables tell us about the table. Jesus tells the parable of a great banquet where a lot of guests were invited, but no one was showing up. So he told the people who were the host of the party to go out and compel people to come to the banquet. At the end of the prodigal son story, we see that the father, who's been waiting for his son to come home, throws a banquet feast. The beggar, in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, he sat at the corner of the rich man's table, hoping that he would drop crumbs so that he could eat from the table. The table's not just a symbol, it's also the application. The table represents friendship and belonging and invitation. So what is the, as we talk about this month, as we look this year into this theme, I want to encourage you to look through Scripture. You will find places the table shows up all through Scripture that you never dreamed of. What is the table? What does it mean? The table is a place where relationships are built. It's where life is shared. It's where people are invited and received and welcomed. When we're at the table... Titles melt away. You're not the boss, and I'm not the employee. 
We're just two people who need food. And we're here sharing that at the table. At the table, we're equals. Everybody needs food. The table's a metaphor that describes a space where God meets humanity. God meets us at the table in relationship with himself. He meets us at the table in relationship with other people. He meets us in relationship with the unreached world. The table's about providing a space for God's spirit to move. So this morning, we're going to come to this table together. And I want to invite the team that's preparing communion, if you would come now and begin to prepare the elements. I've said to you, every January, as long as I've been your pastor, our church will never have a vision that doesn't start with your relationship with God. Every idea, every theme, every vision, every dream that this church has will always begin with your relationship with God. I don't know where else to start. I think that's where Jesus, that's why Jesus died. That's what his resurrection was about. That's where he left us in That's why he left to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit so that that relationship with him could begin all over the world. So, if the vision of our church is to start with your relationship with God, where should we start a vision like that? We're going to start it at the Lord's table. By the way, the most famous table in all the world is the Lord's table. The most famous table in history. See, the Lord's table is the world in miniature. Inside it, we find clues about creation and about history and about the nature of God and the nature of man and the mystery of Christ himself. And at the center of it all is the Lord's table which stretches out to the four corners of the earth. As our team is preparing communion for you this morning, I want to give you three thoughts about the Lord's table and then I want to invite you to come and receive communion at the Lord's table here's the first thought just before Jesus shared communion the Lord's table with his disciples the final time Luke when he wrote his gospel in the New Testament he reminds us five times that it was Passover night Five times. You think he wanted us to get this? It's Passover. It's Passover. It's Passover. This is Passover. Jesus and his disciples met for the last time, and it's Passover. What was Passover? The first Passover meal was eaten the night before God's people were set free from slavery in Egypt. Each family killed a flawless lamb, and they wiped the blood around the door of their house. They roasted the lamb and they ate it with unleavened bread. That night the Lord sent an angel. And that angel would pass over every house whose doorpost had the blood of that flawless lamb wiped on it. But that angel would pass through Egypt and would kill the firstborn in every Egyptian home so Pharaoh would let God's people go. So the Passover lamb rescued God's people from slavery and it rescued them from death by dying in their place the Lord's table looks to the past to a sacrifice 
just like the first Passover meal, reminding us that Jesus is the flawless lamb that took our place. And just like these folks here that are preparing this communion meal for you and I, 2,000 years ago, Jesus spiritually prepared this table for you and I. He was the flawless, perfect sacrifice. This table is being prepared for you physically, but long before it was prepared for you and I spiritually. The Lord's table also looks to the future. Looks to the past to a sacrifice. It looks to the future to a promise. This is the promise I mentioned earlier that there's a wedding feast in heaven that's coming. There's coming a day when we reunite with Christ. Luke 22, 18 says, For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. The table reminds us of Jesus' promise that not only has he prepared a table for us, he's now preparing a place for us. And one day, we'll be there with him in heaven, living in the place that he's prepared for us. The table reminds us of the past and the future. But this table also talks to us about the present. The Lord's table is a present invitation what's the invitation to come to the table you and I have received the greatest invitation of all times Christ himself invites us to this table how will you respond to that invitation it's not a one-time invitation it's a one-time invitation and an everyday invitation and it's an invitation to begin a relationship with Him. It's an invitation to walk with Him. It's an invitation to walk in fellowship with Christ every day. The sacrifice of the past means salvation. The promise of the future means hope. The invitation of the present means relationship. Christ calls you to the table in relationship with Him every day. And as we begin this 21 days of prayer and fasting, Christ calls you to fellowship, relationship with Him. In Luke 24, there's an interesting story about two men who were walking to a village called Emmaus on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. When Jesus was resurrected, they were walking and they had gotten the news and they were disturbed by it. They were very discouraged because they wanted Jesus to redeem Israel. But he had been dead three days, and now his body's come up missing. And they thought, how could things possibly get worse? The one that we thought was going to fix all this mess is dead, and now we can't even find his body. As they're walking on the way to this little village, Emmaus, Jesus walks up beside them. They don't recognize him. The Bible says they don't recognize him. But they begin to talk. And they start to explain all the things they're frustrated about and he says what what things are you talking about and they said are you, are you a visitor to the city have you been living in a cave or on another planet haven't you heard jesus died and his body's gone we can't even find it and in luke 24 30 and 31 we pick the story up these two guys were so 
invigorated by Jesus' explanation of what was going on. They still didn't know who he was. But he began to explain why Jesus died and why he had to die and what the history behind that was. And they were so uh, interested in his explanation that when they got to Emmaus, they said, hey, don't go on your way. It's getting late. Come over to our house and stay with us. So Jesus took their invitation. He went to their house. And we picked the story up. He's sitting at the table uh, in this, these two men's home. Verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Here Jesus is stretching this broken bread out to these two men. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. Verse 35. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. It was something supernatural happened at that table. When they sat at the table with Jesus, it wasn't the same as what we're doing here necessarily this morning, but Jesus was present. And somehow a miracle happened and their eyes were open and they recognized him for who he was. In 1602, an Italian artist painted this meal Jesus had at Emmaus. And I think we have a, a picture of it for you. I want you to see. 1602. This portrait was painted trying to capture the moment that the two men's eyes were suddenly opened and they recognized who Jesus was. Now look at the detail for a minute. There's Jesus in the middle Many people think that he has no beard, and that represents in this painting, which would be very different from any picture you would see, but they think the artist was trying to represent that he wasn't recognized. This is a slightly different looking person. And then you see this man on the left who is backing up with his chair because he's so captured by the idea that the one who we thought was dead, the one whose body's gone, is sitting at our table. His chair's backing away in shock. But, the, but the, the painter is also, the artist is also trying to tell us another thing. He's backing away from the table because there's room at the table for us. We're being invited to this table. Do you see this little basket of fruit just on the edge? Part of it's hanging off. Because the artist is trying to capture the intensity of the moment and lure us into the portrait to catch the falling basket of fruit to get us up to the table. And then you see Jesus here with his hand extended saying, there's room for you. I invite you. Come to the table. Come to the table. Dramatic moment of recognition. What does the Lord's table mean? It is an invitation. Luke 22, 29 through 30 says, Jesus is talking to his disciples at the Last Supper. He says, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. The greatest invitation in the world is Jesus' invitation to come to his table 
and to receive forgiveness and receive healing and receive wholeness and to be restored and to receive relationship to drink forgiveness and receive wholeness we have a way that we do that at Kingwood we have a a way that we try to make sure we're at the Lord's table I mean we're at the communion table this morning but how do we respond Jesus doesn't just invite you one time to come to relationship with him to come to salvation and then go away every morning when the sun rises there's a new invitation by Jesus to come to the table to come and be with him it doesn't mean we have to go through this symbolic act every morning what it does mean is that there's an invitation here's how we do it here daily devotions in other words we do our best to meet with God somehow somewhere in prayer and Bible study every day as many days as we can it might be five minutes it might be ten it might be fifteen it might be more weekly worship the first day of every week the first morning of the first day of every week belongs to Christ and we come and you gathered together this morning and we've come together in this room to say Lord we respond to your invitation and then the third Sunday of every month we come together for soak and that's how that's how we do it Jesus has invited us to relationship with him the most important invitation in the world The question is how will you respond in just a minute I'm gonna invite you to come and receive the communion elements and as you do I want to say a few words this morning if you're away from Christ today's a great day to hear Jesus invitation to your heart maybe you're here and there's difficulty and conflict and unforgiveness in a relationship today's a great day to forgive today's a great day to heal and to let go and to restore and to let Jesus who's washed you wash the relationship that you're in maybe you're here today and you're sick in your body Jesus death means wholeness and healing today you may be here and you may be struggling with a sin a pattern an addiction today's a great day to come to freedom this table means Jesus invites you to everything the cross can do freedom in your life today's a great day for that and so this morning I'm going to ask you in a moment to come and receive the communion elements and then go back to your seat and together there we'll drink and we'll eat and then we'll have a prayer time I can think of no better way to start this 21 day season of prayer and fasting than responding to the Lord's invitation to come to his table if you're a guest today and maybe maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ at all I want to encourage you this table's available to you you can come and receive Christ you can come and receive forgiveness you can come if you're if there's an issue between you and God and you're not right with him I would encourage you, don't receive communion until it is. And if that's today, Jesus receives you and so do we.
If it's not today, then wait. And we still accept you. So what I want to do this morning is I'd like to ask everyone in the balcony if you would stand. And we want to serve you first. Would you stand? And our servers are ready. And if you would, just make your way down both the sides. And we'll serve you the communion elements. And then you can return to your seat. And we'll receive together. Just come over as far as you can. That'll help the folks behind you to keep coming. Thank you. If you want, why don't we have these sections on this side on the floor? Why don't you come now and uh, this side can serve you.
served. If you just wave for a moment, we'll have some of our uh, servers come to you. might be well. You were broken so that we might be restored. 
to wholeness and fullness. And so this morning, Lord, we eat with great joy and celebration, thanking you for what you've done for us. You can take the bread. in the same way we thank you for this little cup just a little bit of juice in it but it represents the blood that you spilled there's no way my sin could be forgiven without somebody paying for it somebody had to pay for their own life with their own life and not just anybody somebody perfect and there's only one you're the only one you're the only one that could have and you did so this morning, Lord, I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for cleanness. I thank you for being set in right relationship with God. I thank you that you've allowed me, clothed me in your own righteousness. I'm not right or perfect in any way, but you've covered me in your perfection. Lord, so I am hidden with Christ in God. I thank you that I have an eternal home in heaven because this blood, this covenant, this relationship that you've allowed me to enter in, God, I thank you for it. Would you just thank him this morning? I praise you. And I thank you. I bless you. Lord, I bless you. You've done so much good. You've done so many incredible things in my life. Wash me, forgiven me, clean me. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for relationship. Thank you for the invitation. Would you just remember for a moment the first day that you remember Jesus calling you to himself? The first time that you remember hearing his voice in your heart? The first time that you responded and said, yes, Lord. I'll come to you. You remember that day? This cup made that day possible. Lord, we praise you for it this morning. You can take the cup. Lord, we thank you this morning. We praise you. We bless you. We thank you, God. I'm just going to ask our pastors and prayer team to come. And as they come worship team begins to sing you need healing, forgiveness grace restoration, resolution you need a new beginning, you need a new start <laughs> you need a relationship with God, anything that you need as our prayer team comes, as the worship team begins to sing, we raise our voices